Mind's a little, not our thoughts. I'm your host, Siona. In today's episode, we will be discussing some important things about sports that are probably the most ignored part of this field. Growth beyond failure. While sports is great when you win, what about the others who are not in the winning position? Should we really fear failure? These are some questions people could wonder about. I'm super lucky to find a true sports person to help answer some of my questions. Her name is... Natalie Allport. Just Google her up and follow her on Instagram and you'll see the grit she constantly displays. Natalie is a former Canadian national team snowboarder turned elite CrossFit athlete, entrepreneur and a TEDx speaker too. She is a passionate mental health and woman in sports advocate and enjoys creating content around and speaking about mindset, high performance, wellness and sports. Natalie grew up playing almost every sport she could join and looks at life through the lens of the lessons she learned in sport. She also hosts the All In podcast where she interviews top athletes and coaches. How cool is that? I wouldn't think we could find someone better to help us see the better side of failure. I'm so excited to have you here with me today, Natalie. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Me too. Well, you're an advocate of wellness, right? So why does winning and failure mean such a big deal in sports? Why is mental health important in sports? Yeah, I mean, I think winning and failure and and even just winning and losses, it's just always an important part of sports because in sports you do keep score and it's a competition. So someone is going to come out ahead of someone else. But I think that the concept of failure is an interesting one because often if we don't get first place, we don't win, we think that we're a failure, but that couldn't be further than the truth. Often just for even trying, we're so far ahead of other people, but because we're always looking at the next step, the next step, then we're thinking that we're a failure if we just fall short or don't do this rather than failure is feedback, taking a loss, losing a game, coming up short in a sprint, whatever it is, that can teach us something about what we need to work on in our training, uh, what we need to work on with our mindset, what maybe our competitors are doing. So it's all just feedback if we can look at that. And I think that mental health in sports is just so important because we're all humans and especially athletes, we go through the extremes of emotions because we do get this direct feedback every single day, which is very different than people in other professions where you can hand in your work. You can do things. You don't know if it's you're winning or losing. There's no scorecard in a sense. But when it comes to being an athlete, you're always getting judged, especially myself. I was in a judge sport. So someone else is determining my outcome based on their interpretation of what I'm doing on my snowboard. So uh, I think it's really important that we talk about mental health in sport because athletes are experiencing it and athletes aren't just superhuman. They don't have emotions. Yeah, that was like kind of one of my next questions. So 
It is. In one of my news episodes, I read a news article about how Naomi Osaka refused to speak to the news reporters due to mental health issues. I mean, why does this happen? Yeah, so Naomi has obviously, she's, she shared that she goes through a lot of things, including social anxiety. So you can imagine after you're dealing with these um, emotions, heightened emotions after playing a big tennis match, and then you lose to uh, in a, you know, a sport where you may be expected to win that match or there was millions of people watching, you experience that win and loss in front of the whole world. So you're dealing with that. Not only that, you're tired, you're hungry, you're probably cranky and just sweaty, and you have to go in front of the camera and get asked questions that, you know, you just, you're not in the mood for asking. You want to be able to just take that time, reflect, and think about things. And, and then when it comes to having something like social anxiety, so you're already a little bit scared of speaking to people, or um, it takes a lot of your energy to speak to people. Imagine when you're already at a very low energy state because you just finished playing sports. So I think it's important that we give athletes what they need. And so athletes who say they need to take a break from the media, I think it's important we give them the break. Yeah, so now I understand why they said that, like, people are saying that Naomi has a point in yeah. what she's trying to do. So some people get stressed before entering a tournament. Yeah, right. So why does this happen? Yeah, well, stress before any sort of like big event, right? Like maybe for you, it's a test at school or something. I think it's pretty normal. And actually, we can use our nerves and our stress for good because it means it matters to us. And so for an athlete, a lot their livelihood, their passion is so much into sports. So of course, that game or that competition, that match, it's going to really matter to them. And so then you're going to feel nerves and you're going to worry, can I perform? Am I going to win? How is this the outcome going to be? You're going to have some anxiety around it. And that's normal, but we want to use it as fuel to be able to perform at our best. And instead of using it as, now I'm scared, I don't want to go out there and even try. It's like, no, let me calm down, get in a good headspace and go out there. But I think it's it's very normal. There's ways that you can train to make it be a little bit less. But I think if you're, you never have any stress before a competition, then you probably don't care about it. Hmm, yeah, that's true. So what is the best way to deal with and look at our failures, whether in sport or in other things in life? I think just looking at them as feedback. So when we, we take a loss, maybe um, for me, it was, you know, falling short of the Olympics in 2014. Uh, for other people, it could be they started a business venture and uh, it took a while for them to sell a product or they went bankrupt or something like that. Instead of looking at this like this is a failure and now I'm a failure, you can't let your, your own personal being identify with it. So don't ever say that you're a failure or you're a loser. No, you just experienced a failure. And now what can you learn from that? How can you bounce back? Because sitting there and thinking, I'm a failure, I can never do anything better. This is who I am. That's not going to help you uh, achieve anything else in your life, or even just be happy and be present in the moment. So looking at failure as feedback and then turning it into fuel for whatever you want to do next, I think is the most important way to look at it. Oh, really? 
Now, that's going to help me whenever I get a mental slowdown or, like, I just get stressed. Right. So, how did you deal with failures in your childhood? Do you wish you had dealt with it better? Yeah. So, it's it's funny because when I was putting together my, my TED Talk, I had to really kind of mentally go back in, in time and think about when I was a kid, how did I deal with failures and where did this change? Because I actually was uh, taught and, and raised by my parents to have a growth mindset. So I did always, you know, I was not never scared of putting myself out there, never scared of failing. I would make bold claims. I would say, I'm going to pitch in the MLB or I'm going to do this. Um, and I always believed I could. And if I fell short, it wasn't a huge deal because I always believed I just have time to, to improve and I can always um, learn and get better. So I think when it changed was when, you know, snowboarding basically became my job. And so then my whole identity started being wrapped around this. And I think this happens a lot too for students when, you know, they're younger, they can experience the bad grades and the tests. But as they get to the point where they're trying to get into a certain university or trying to get a certain degree, that's when all of a sudden you tie your self-worth in with, um, you know, the, the failure that you might be experiencing. And so that's what happened to me. I just would always think I was a failure if I didn't land a certain trick or if I didn't win a certain competition where then I didn't make my my life dream happen of making the Olympic Games um, I thought, well, what, what else could I be? I, I'm a failure, which couldn't be further from the truth because learning that has, has taught me so many things that I've taken now into this stage of life. So it's interesting how that actually changed. So I don't think there's anything I wish I would have known or done differently when I was a child. I just wish I would have kept that same mentality that whole time rather than I had to relearn it afterwards. Hmm. That's really inspiring. But many of us use competition as a driving force to what we do. Is this really necessary? Can you help us understand how to do our best even if we are not in a competition? Yeah, I mean, for me, I'm a very competitive person. Whether it's, you know, how fast can you uh, clean something or how fast can I, I carry something against my boyfriend or playing a card game. I'm, I'm very competitive, so that's the way I kind of interact with the world and get fueled. I always, I want to win, but I want to win against myself more so. So even if I'm losing against someone else, it's how can I get better? How can I take this experience and keep getting better and improving? Um, so I, I personally see things like that, but other people are different. So other people might not have that same competitiveness. They don't want to compete. Um, but I think if we all just look at how can we get better then we're always going to be on the right path of pursuing our best. So whether your personality suits being competitive and going against other people, or it's a little bit more passive, as long as you're trying to see your best self, um, just by pushing yourself and even looking at, you know, like I said before, with failure, looking at it as feedback and writing down, how can I improve? If I didn't do well on this test, why was that? What are things that I can change for the next time so that I do do well? Um, those are ways that you can always pursue your best regardless of competition. Wow, that's amazing advice. Keeping a note of why we failed seems like a simple thing to do, but goes a long way. I'm sure. Yeah. And Natalie, 
you're a snowboarder. What do you think is different about this sport? Yeah, well, one, lots of injuries. <laughs> so that's、uh, a big difference in a lot of other sports because you're flying in the air and doing spins and flips and landing. But also, it's, it's,、uh, it's more of a, a lifestyle than a sport. So a lot of people, if they run track, they probably, after they retire, they don't go and run track. But a snowboarder snowboards all the time. And,、um, you know, for me, I still like to go out and enjoy just snowboarding with my family and my friends.、Um, it's truly a lifestyle and you can explore all the different sides of it. So I think that's one of the cool things about even just a lot of action sports are similar like that. Yeah. And I heard that if you want to go up a slope, you got to go sideways. Is that skiing or snowboarding? That's probably skiing, right? To go up or to go down? If you want to go up, you gotta walk sideways. Oh, yeah. On skis, you gotta walk sideways. On snowboard, you probably take the snowboard right off. But actually, I have behind me this new snowboard I got.、Mm. I got it last year, and with the pandemic, I wasn't able to use it because I can't use it near here. Well, I can, but it's not as fun. I would use it out on the West Coast. And I, well, it's kind of pressed against my wall, but it splits in half. So it actually turns into skis. That's cool. And then you put like a friction on the bottom. So what you can do is, I don't know if you've seen cross country skiing, but you can go up the mountain with poles and everything. You move the, where your feet are. And so then you can go out west on the big mountains where there's no chairlift or anything.、Uh, you could go up to those mountains and go、uh, at the top, put it back together into a snowboard and then snowboard down. So for people who don't have snowmobiles or you don't have it, it's not like a chairlift access. You want to go ride powder and big mountains,、uh, you can use it. But I haven't been able to travel anywhere <laughs> to be able to use it yet. That's a fantastic thing you have there. It's like a snowboard made of squeeze. Yeah, it's,、uh, it's pretty cool because I know, well, my brother skis and he goes ski touring. So he just puts these things on the bottom so that the skis are sticky and then you can just kind of hike up the mountain with them.、Um, so you don't have to walk sideways and you can go through deep snow. So basically, it's the snowboard version so that snowboarders can do the same thing and not, because、uh, if you walked up a mountain, your feet would just go straight down and you would take forever. Why do you think sport is so necessary for children? Is it something children could take seriously or just have as a good sort of thing? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's important the same way like the arts are important. Like every kid has different things that they like. So not every kid is going to be into sports. But if we have the arts as another thing that's accessible, science as another thing that's accessible,、um, it's just another thing that's, that kids can be passionate about and they can learn to make friends, to make different social connections. They learn about winning and losing and failure and、uh, hard work and determination. All Those things from a very early age, I think, when you、uh, put people through sport. Similar, if someone was really passionate about art, they could learn those things too. They try to get into an art show and they don't, and then they have to figure all those things out. Or、um, yourself with a podcast, you're probably learning a ton of things by pursuing that passion. So I think sports are another passion that are important to give、uh, young kids the opportunity. I'm biased, so I think、uh, as many kids as possible should do sport, but I know not everyone is into it. So there's other options for people who aren't into it. 
What would your advice be for children who have lesser access to sports facilities? Yeah, I think, I mean, things like soccer maybe, or even basketball somewhat, those are things that you just need one ball and then you can figure out a way to play or you can play even tag or um, sprinting, sprinting against friends and running and different things. I think it's important because I think even physical activity is very important. And so sports are a great way to have physical activity, but it's still really fun. Not everyone just wants to go run or just wants to go lift weights, but doing sports can keep you really healthy and keep your heart healthy and your muscles healthy uh, without having to go and do something that you might not might, might not enjoy. Most people will find fun with just hanging out with their friends and kicking around a ball or doing something. So I think if there's any way to get kids to fall in love with the sport despite there not being a professional opportunity. I know it gets hard because then everyone wants to, okay, we've got to push them towards school because there's, they only have so much time in the day. Mm. But I think that's, it's actually, it brings up a larger conversation because that's the reason I believe one of the reasons, many reasons that women's sports isn't, um, as celebrated is because we don't have as many of the professional opportunities so then from a young age, a parent would, would say to their daughter, no, you can't focus on sport. Maybe you need to, you know, just focus on school or something else because there's no opportunity for you to make money later on in, in this sport. So I think, I mean, that I hope gets changed around the world so that there are those opportunities. But I also think it's important that we just teach kids to do things just for the love of them. And not everything has to be about, you know, making money or uh, whatever it is. Like, just learn to love sports to do it because it keeps you healthy and it's fun to hang out with your friends. Any final advice you'd like to give our listeners today? Don't be afraid of trying. I think there's there's something to just falling on your face and learning again. I think if you can keep that mentality that most people have as a kid where they're not afraid to put themselves out there to try different things, to be brave... Keep that as long as you can or for the rest of your life and never settle. If you want to do something new, try it. Don't be afraid to just start at the fit, at the starting line again and, and be a beginner. Yeah, that's a cool advice. It takes the shame away from failing. There's a lot of learning in this particular episode. I loved every bit of it where you helped us understand, Natalie. Thanks a ton for being on my show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Concept of failure is interesting as it can falsely make you feel like you're a failure forever. Treat it as a feedback instead. That was such a brilliant advice, don't you think? Be happy and present in the current moment. Dealing with a win or loss in front of a huge crowd could take a lot of emotions and energy. Treat it as normal, and you'd be helping yourself. Competing with yourself is better than competing with others, and do keep trying different things. Amazing advice we could apply to more than just sport. I'm drawing more inspiration and determination to keep going strong with my mission to raise awareness about the effect of plastic and the toys in particular on children like us. 
My second session for Little Wise is happening on Clubhouse this Sunday at 5pm IST. Please do attempt to join us there as I'm expecting some amazing people from across the globe. Join in and listen to them directly. If time permits, you might even end up talking to them. Please do follow me on social media and write your thoughts to me on Siona at littlemindchat.com. Thanks again for listening. Bye!